Thank you for another opportunity to come to your house, dear Lord, to hear your word. Heavenly Father, as you began with us, may you finish with us. We pray, Spirit of God, that you take control of the service. We pray, Lord, that you transform our hearts, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. We pray, Lord, that we will not live here the same as we came, but draw us closer to you and open our eyes to understand what is the hope of your glory, what is the riches of the inheritance of the saints. Help us, Lord, to know the call of God that is upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, with a clap offering unto the Lord, you may be seated. You are clapping for the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, let there be some quietness and let us all sit. No movement from thence on. Well, we've been sharing for some few weeks now, this month has been our month of evangelism and it is happened to be also our feeding 527 and we've been sharing from one of the books that our father, Bishop Daggyward Mills, wrote. Very great book. It is called Many Are Called and I believe by now almost all of you have copies of the book or everyone has a copy of the book already. And it's a great book. And I want to encourage you, don't just read with the church, but I want you to read. Just keep reading and try and finish the book. We are used to buying books that we don't read. But um, let this not be so. If you have spent money on it, read it. And it's such an anointed book. It is great things that the Lord revealed to our Father and He has put them in writing and we are also sharing it. Because if we don't share like this, most of you will not read a book. And I believe you have been blessed as you've been sharing from the book. I have been blessed. And um, we want to continue today. We want to continue today. I think we have been in chapter 2. Isn't that so? But we got, by the grace of God, we will finish. And we will continue sharing from the book because it's blessing me so much. There is so much that the Lord is showing us in this book. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So, chapter 2, we are saying, we are sharing that many Christians are called. Many Christians are called. We're saying God has called many, many people to serve him. Many, many people to do the work of the ministry. You are called. Say to your neighbor, you are called. Ask the person to do what? Ask the person to do what? Call to do what? Get an answer. Get an answer. If you ask a question, get an answer. Because I can't give you the answer if you don't know what you are called for. What has God called you to do? Ask the person. Amen. God has called many people. God has called many, many people to do his work. And we have been sharing about the five facts about the call of God. The five facts, or five facts about the call of God. 
that are here in this book. And the first one, we said, many are called. And we elaborated, we shared so many things on this. And I want you to get the messages. The messages are on our podcast. And they are for free. You can listen to them. Hallelujah. You can listen to them. Now, you see, sometimes when something is for free, we don't value it. Do you see? When something is for free, we don't give it a value. But, you see, the Bible says, freely have we received. Do you understand? That is why we give to you also. And we want you to also receive it freely. So, see it as something valuable and listen to it. If it was a package, we put a special price on it, then you'll be looking for it. And sometimes even that you don't listen to it. Amen. Amen. There were times where we used to have our messages on CDs and on tapes. And sometimes the Sunday school teachers will come to me or people who are in different ministries for which they are not able to be in the church. They say, we didn't get a copy of the message. You know, we have told the publication people to give us a copy. They have not given us. I bet they are not listening to the messages. Not all of them. I bet some of them are listening, but there are some that are not listening. But value these things and listen to them. So we shared so much about them. And I think, did I share the second one with you? That there is a call to fruitfulness. We shared that, didn't we? We said there is a call to fruitfulness. That means that you are also called to be fruitful. Did I or did I not share with you? You see, there are people who come on Tuesday service, so they are sort of confused. Okay, those of you who come for Sunday service, did I or did I not share with you a call to fruitfulness? Okay, so there is a call to fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Quick Green said, you don't need to hear a call. You are already called. Every Christian is already called. If you are a Christian, you are called already. Hallelujah. We are called to do the work of the ministry. You, there are some who are called to be apostles. Some are called to be prophets. Some are called to be teachers. Some are called to be evangelists. But by all means, you are called to do something. And no matter what you do for God, it is work for God. Amen. Maybe you are called to teach people how to sing. You are a teacher. You are called to teach people how to play the instruments to praise God. Amen. It is the work of God. But all of us are called to do something. And we read a scripture in John chapter 15 and verse 16. John 15, 16. It says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Jesus is saying, Johnson, that you did not choose him. You did not make a choice. You did not make that choice to choose him. But he chose you. If you are sitting here this afternoon, God is saying he has chosen you. If you call yourself a born again Christian, then God is saying you are already chosen. You are a chosen minister. He says he chose you and ordained you. He says he chose you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruits. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ chose you and ordained you means he appointed you as a pastor. He appointed you now as a lady pastor. He appointed you as a minister. Hallelujah. 
And he expects that you go and bear fruit. Go and bring forth fruit. And you are responsible also for ensuring that the fruit that you bring remains. It is not a special... You see, this call, this scripture does not apply only to pastors. How many of you think that this is only for pastors? Let me see. By sure, before we read it, you thought this was for pastors. Yes. Before we read it, you thought that God is speaking to pastors. But there is a part of the scripture that attaches to it that every Christian claims. And he says, you see, so God is saying that, I don't know, are there microphones here that need to be turned off? Can we turn it such that um, it's not interfering with the microphone? Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Maybe it's working this way. Hallelujah. He says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Colon, colon. And then the rest of it that we all claim. He says, That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father, whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Or he may give it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that is a part that we all like. And we pray, standing on this scripture, we pray and we, we believe, based on this scripture, that God has said, and you see, we leave the other part. It is you who said, whatsoever we shall ask of the Father in thy name, he may give it to us. Therefore, Lord, may this husband come. May this husband come. I call upon my husband. My husband is coming. I call upon my wife. My wife is coming today. Today is my day. I will see my wife in the church. My wife shall walk to me. He shall come and greet me. And she shall say, yes, I agree. I will marry. And you are claiming it. Hallelujah. And sometimes you even you, you, you don't want the will of God in it. You this year, my marriage is this year, my wedding is this year. I decree and I declare that my wedding is this year. I am getting married this year. You are even afraid to ask for the will of God in case his will is for another three years, four years. No, 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 no. Lord, the wrinkles. Ah, I am getting old. 35. I am going to 36. I can't wait anymore. Oh, my Lord and my God. It is you who said anything. You didn't limit you to anything. You said anything that we shall ask of you. In your name. And we are claiming it. Amen. And sometimes even impossible prayers. Things that are impossible. You want the Lord to do it. Lord, kill this husband. <laughs> Lord, kill this husband. Kill him, kill him, kill him. Kill him, kill him. <laughs> you don't want the medal on your hand. You are leaving it to the Lord. Take him out, Lord. Take him out. How shall a woman suffer in this world like this? Lord, you did not bore me for me to suffer like this. Because of this husband, I am suffering. Lord, take him out. Because you can't divorce as a Christian. And you are believing, you say, 
the reason why you are praying such a prayer is that he says that whatsoever we shall ask <laughs> shall be done. You didn't study for the exams, but you want an A. And you are claiming it. You are claiming it. You wasted all your time, but you want an A. And you are claiming it. Amen. But before all of that, he said, first you are called to bear fruit. And ensure that the fruit remains. And when you have done that, then he says, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hallelujah. He will give it to you. Amen. And it's not only the pastor's responsibility to ensure that the fruit remains. That when you bring somebody to church, as for me, I've done my part. You are done. And they don't follow him up. You bring people to church, nobody calls them. What about you? It is your responsibility to ensure that that fruit remains. It is your responsibility to ask if the person has a Bible. The person does not have it. Buy the person a Bible. Amen. Amen. I invited my friend to church and nobody has followed the person up. Now the person doesn't come anymore. Your fruit has not remained. And so you can't make claim of this scripture. Hallelujah. Our prayers is that we hold God to his words. What he has said. But we don't hold him to part of his words. We hold him to all of his words. Including the conditions. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So I want to go to the next point. Hope by the grace of God, we will let the Spirit lead. Wherever he will take us, we will complete. So the next point about the facts, five facts about the call of God. The next fact is that some people are called in a spectacular way. The call of God on certain people, they come in a spectacular way. Hallelujah. God calls different people, but some people, their call is very spectacular. Their call is different. Their call is supernatural. Hallelujah. Now, this type of calling, when God calls people like this, you see, it sort of excludes so many people also. Hallelujah. Such people are not so many. Amen. Amen. People that call in a very spectacular way, there are not so many in the Bible. I want to read one of such people, one of such people that God called to you in, um, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. Acts chapter 9 and verse 3. Look at this call of God upon this person. He says, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. This is about, you know who we're talking about? Paul. We're talking about Paul, the call of God upon God. Upon Paul. The call of God upon Paul. He says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. Do you see? He says, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. It's like he's riding on a horse. And then he came to the middle of the road on his way to Damascus, and there shined a bright light from heaven. And it fell upon him, and then he fell to the earth. That means he he fell down. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? Amen. Amen. 
He says, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And then he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Do you see? He was trembling and astonished. And with fear, he says, Lord, I believe he was shaking. And he says, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Hallelujah. Do you see? This is a very spectacular call. This is a very spectacular call. And so, a lot of times, based on such occurrences, we think that the call of God always has to be such spectacular. Amen. The Apostle Paul was called in this dramatic and spectacular fashion, and he saw this light coming from heaven, and he heard a voice speaking to him. He fell to the ground and was struck with blindness for several days. Now, imagine, imagine that you, you were going somewhere, and you were walking down the street, and even not a light, but a voice came to you and said, my daughter, my daughter. Why have you been fornicating? He'll be afraid. And then you wonder if there's a camera in the, in the guy's bedroom. Who has been seeing? Who has been watching? You know, and then you'll be looking for somebody is talking to you. Somebody, who is that? You see, you'll be looking. Isn't that so? You'll be wondering. Or you are you, you are a young man, you're trying to sleep with some young woman around in a church, and then you have your plans, and then God comes to you, my son, my son, this plan that you are here with, I do not agree with you. You'll be afraid. Do you see? You'll be afraid. But you see, there are not so many of such occurrences, and such occurrences, may, many people exclude themselves from the call of God. Hallelujah. But if the Bible is saying many are called, if the Bible says many are called, that means that if there are not many with such occurrences, then the majority of the people that God had called are not with such spectacular occurrences. Isn't that so? They are not with such spectacular occurrences. Because if God appears to you like that, you'll be afraid. You'll be afraid. And if God were to come to all of us like that, I tell you, it will not be an easy thing. Amen. How many of you genuinely, you know, you have been waiting for the call of God, you expected that God would speak to you like Paul? Let's see, let's see, at least by show of hands. You will also expect that God will, oh, yes, including myself. I I also want God to give me some spectacular occurrence like that. Amen. Amen. But if God were to appear to you like that, you will not be happy. I say, if God were to appear to you like that, you will not be happy. If God appeared to you and he struck you with the light and you fell even going up the stairs. If you were coming to church, you dressed up, you were in your high heel and you were coming down the stairs and just, you tripped and you fell. 
and you broke your ankle, you'll be angry with God. I said, you'll be angry with God. You'll be even angry with me. True or not true? If God struck you with blindness, if God struck you with blindness, if God appeared to you, he said, the apostle Paul, he was blind for several days. If God appeared to you and you were blind for a few days, you would be very, very angry. This small church that we are doing, this small ministry work that we are doing, we have to go blind. You will not be happy if God struck you with blindness. Isn't that so? You will not be happy. Even just coming to church Sunday, every Sunday we call you, you are not happy. And you are talking about blindness. Amen. So, but all of us want some spectacular occurrence. If you were in some, some, some forest somewhere alone, and a daylight, a sunny day, 12 noon, another bright light just shine on you, all by yourself, alone, you will start speaking in tongues. You'll be afraid. You'll be calling upon God. The same God who is visiting you, you'll be calling upon him to deliver you. Do you see? But we are all having expectation for such occurrence. It's not many people who are called in such spectacular way. Hallelujah. But unfortunately, unfortunately, whenever someone shares an experience like that, we all want to have an experience like that. When someone says, oh, he encountered God this way, he met God this way, everybody wants to see a light. Everybody wants to hear a voice. Everybody wants to get some spectacular dream before they know that God has really called him. But you see, God cannot do that for everyone. Amen. Otherwise, then we find a formula to God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Then there's a formula to God. Oh, as for God, you need to do this and do that and do that. Like we do to your bosses. Oh, if you want to get this, ask for him. All you need to do every morning when you are going to work, when you get your coffee, get him a cup of coffee. You see? And then you are finding a way and you buy him coffee for three weeks, he'll give you promotion. Three weeks, he will change your assignment. Hallelujah. But we cannot put God in a box. We cannot make God a, a computer that automatically when we put this program in him, then he becomes or we receive what we want. Hallelujah. If God were to appear to all of us like that, we will be afraid and we will serve him. If God, if God came to you and you heard a voice, my sister, what's your name? Yes, you. Julie. Doreen. Doreen, if God appeared in your bedroom, you are in your bedroom, and you are just doing your hair, and you, turn, you look in the mirror, and then you see a mighty angel. Doreen, don't you want to see an angel? <laughs> She's afraid. I have caused her to be afraid to see an angel. Doreen, don't be afraid. Doreen, if you left church today and you went home and as you are just finding something in your fridge to eat and an angel just showed up and the angel says, Doreen, Doreen, 
my daughter, my daughter, the place you went this afternoon is where I want you to be. Doreen, wouldn't you leave everything that you are doing to be in this church? You will. You will. You see, God does not want us to serve him like that. God does not want us to serve him, serve him out of fear. The Bible says that God did not give us the spirit of fear. We are not coming with God. We are not coming to God because we are trembling for what we heard. But it says the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to him must first believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God wants the faith in you, Doreen. God wants you to see that you have placed faith in him. That is when he will use you. The apostle Paul, he had faith in God. He just was confused how to direct his faith. He had faith in God. Amen. Amen. And so we all want that experience, but what is primarily needed is the faith that you have in God. Hallelujah. Because if God were to visit all of us like that, let me tell you, we will, this place, we will fight who is preaching today. All of you become pastors. All of you will become pastors and lady pastors. If God were to visit us, and it will not be out of faith. It will be out of fear because of what you saw. And God is not ready to do that. God is not ready to do that. Hallelujah. God is not ready to do that. And that takes us to our next point, which says, some people are called in an ordinary way. Some people are called in an ordinary way. Hallelujah. Bible says some people are called in an ordinary way. Some people are called in an ordinary way. It's not everyone that needs to have such spectacular calling. But there are some people also who are called in a very ordinary way. Hallelujah. Some people are called not in a very spectacular way like what Paul experienced. But many people are called. But in an ordinary way. Hallelujah. Some people are called not in such spectacular way as hearing a voice. But God has a way of calling all of us. And as Christians, as Christians, if he says that he chose you and he has ordained you or he has appointed you, and he says many are called, then you should always be on the lookout to hear the call. One of the calls that you should not miss is the call of God upon your life. And if God has different ways and forms of calling people, then you should always be, as a Christian, on the lookout for the call of God upon your life. Hallelujah. You should be on the lookout for the call of God. Amen. I was amazed when I saw the brothers standing here and singing. I was amazed to hear his voice like that. Amen. It's a call of God. And if you will hearken and hear it and listen and seek him diligently, he will see how he will reward him. 
Amen. Amen. So the majority of people are also called in a very ordinary way. Amen. Amen. Even when, you see, when God himself, is, there's so many ordinary things that are about God. And if we are looking for the spectacular way alone, you see, a lot of times we associate God with always some humundous things. Do you see? Something that is so, like, so spectacular. If it is about God, if there is a real call of God upon him, then we should see something. If there is a real call of God about him, then we should, it should manifest. Maybe when, when he's speaking and he comes close to me, I should feel some electricity. I should feel some power. But when God, even when he himself was coming to the earth, he came in a so ordinary way. When God himself was coming to the earth as a minister, to minister to his people, he came in not so spectacular way. Hallelujah. He was born in a manger. Amen. God does so many things in a non-spectacular way. But we are always looking for the spectacular ways of God. When God was, when, when Naaman, Naaman was receiving healing, he was looking for a very spectacular form of healing. A little girl, a little slave girl in his house told him that there is a prophet of God, there is a prophet of God in Israel who can make you well. There is a prophet of God in Israel who can make you well. If only you will go to him. Hallelujah. And a, a simple thing, a simple thing as dipping himself, a simple thing as dipping himself in a river seven times, there lies in a breakthrough to an ancestral problem that he has had. A breakthrough to a lifelong problem that he has had. It was a simple process of dip yourself seven times in the water. But he was expecting some spectacular thing. He was expecting that the prophet will come in his gown and a, a very prophetic way with his beard, mustache, and you know, he will stretch. He says, I, I, I was expecting, he says, if you read 2 Kings chapter 5, 1 to 19, he says, I was expecting that he will come, he will come, and then he will stretch forth his hand and touch the place. He was even embarrassed to say that touch my leprosy. Amen. You see, and there lies in his breakthrough. Sometimes your breakthrough, sometimes your breakthrough to a lifelong problem is as simple as be serious with church. It's as simple as just take your church attendance seriously. Sometimes that is where your breakthrough lies. The issues that you are encountering, issue after issue, just do, do, for that to end, God is just saying, just be serious with church. And sometimes it may come from just an ordinary person. Sister, why are you not being serious with church? Try and come constantly. Sometimes that is your breakthrough. Sometimes your breakthrough is just in be, be serious with your tight. Sometimes that is where your breakthrough lies. The problem that you are going through day by day, maybe that is where your breakthrough lies. Be faithful with your tight. Some of you, your breakthrough is in just join a ministry. And you may, this is all the call. You may not hear it any other form. Just join a ministry. 
Amen. Many of Jesus' activities, they were not so extraordinary. Many of Jesus' activities, they were not extraordinary at all. You would expect that if Jesus is doing something, if he says he's the son of man and he's doing something, it has to be very spectacular. But many of his experiences, even the call of his own disciples, the call of his own disciples, when he was calling them, when God was calling them into the ministry, it was so ordinary. Turn to John chapter 1 and verse 35. John chapter 1 and verse 35. Look at that. It says, Again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus, he walked. He said, Let's go back. Let me read it properly so you can understand. It says, verse 35. He says, again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, John said, listen to this. John said, Jesus had not spoken. John said, this was John the Baptist, when he was with his disciples, when he was in the wilderness, he saw Jesus, and he was standing with his two of his disciples. And he said, and John said, And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. That's it. Donna. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God. It's like a conversation. We are talking to you. And we are talking, Oh, John, so how are things going? David, oh, how's the family? Behold, the Lamb of God. Just like that. And look. And the two disciples heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. They heard him speak and they followed Jesus. The next verse, then Jesus turned and saw them following him. Jesus was going. He turned and he saw them following him and said unto him, What seeketh you? What do you want? Look at this. Michael, look at this. The people heard John say, Behold the lamp of God. They're following him. And Jesus, two people are following you. And he turned around and says, what do you want? It's like you came to church the first, you came to church today the first time and I met you and I said, what do you want here? Would you come here again? They said unto him, Rabbi, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Means, where do you live? They said unto him, Master, where do you live? Master, where do you live? And then he said unto them, Come and see. That was the call. That was the call. When they ask, Where do you live? It's like you come to me and you say, Reverend, what can I do in the church? And I say, Come and let me tell you this. That was the call. That is your call. So he says, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt. And they abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. They stayed with him. They didn't go again. They stayed with him. The next verse, one of the two which heard John speak. Listen to this. One of the two people who heard John speak. The Bible is not making a reference to one of the two who followed Jesus. Or one of the two who Jesus said, come and see. He says, one of the two who heard John speak. 
and followed him was Andrew. Can you believe that? That was one of Jesus' disciples. That was Andrew, Simon's brother. Now, you know Simon, Peter Simon. You know him, right? He was the cornerstone of the church. Do you understand? He was the one that Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Simon Peter, look at this, the next scripture. It says, he first, he first finded his own brother Simon. Andrew, after he encountered Jesus, he went and he found his brother Simon. You would expect that if Simon is saying that I am the cornerstone that Jesus is going to build his church, I am such an anointed pastor, you would expect a spectacular call of God upon his life. You expect that if this is the one that Jesus is really going to build his church, then he must be some spectacular person. Then his call must be not even comparable to Paul. Then his call must be so supernatural. But Andrew, who just followed Jesus, went, the first thing, he went to look for his brother. And he said, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And then the next scripture, and he brought him, he brought him to Jesus. Hallelujah. Doreen, I don't know who brought you to church, but that person brought you to Jesus. Amen. There are some who have found the Messiah. You have found Christ, but you have not invited your brother to come to him. Amen. He said, he found him and he brought him to Jesus. Ellen, do you understand what I'm sharing? He brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, look at that. If you were going to call me, if you were God and you were going to call me, why should my brother come and call me? If my brother didn't call me, would you have seen me? Yes. But when Jesus saw John and saw Simon, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being interpreted a stone. You will be the stone. You will be the foundation of my church. The call of his disciples for most of them, they were just invitation. Some, they were just directed. Some, they said, here, behold the lamp of God. Nothing spectacular. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So far, nothing spectacular. And the next verse, he says, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and he finds Philip. Jesus found Philip, and said unto him, follow me. Does that look like a spectacular call? I am sharing something with you. Wake up and hear the call of God upon your life. I say, wake up and hear the call of God upon your life. You are waiting for a spectacular thing to say that God has called you, but I tell you, God has called you, Tani. God has called you to do his work. Sometimes the experiences that we go through, God is using that experience as a call to him. Sometimes it's a dream that you are having and you are just ignoring it. God is calling you. You had a dream and you were sharing the word with somebody. You had a dream and then you were sharing the gospel with somebody. It is a call of God upon your life. 
but you are waiting to hear a voice. My son, my son, my son, my son, from this day have I called you. He says, he goeth, just would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and said unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip now findeth Nathanael and said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael. They were all by invitation. Someone heard and just mentioned it. Someone heard and just mentioned it. And you would think that if Jesus was choosing 12 disciples that he was going to leave his ministry to, and this is the ministry that has been here since more than 2,000 years, and is still here because of these 12 people that he chose. And he found Nathaniel. He says, we have found him of whom Moses... In the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said unto him, Oh, look at that. Just like most of you. Oh, we have found some small church in the, um, in the bronze area. Oh. Yeah, pastor, I would say. say bronze. Let's find something in Manhattan. Yesterday I was watching... Um, um, Dr. Stanley on TV and I said, wow, what a church. See the choir. Ministry, different choir. Ministry. So you see, when you see that, then you see that ah, this is a call of God. This is a church. This is a real church. Do you understand what I'm... You see, we can't put God in a formula. We cannot put God in a formula and equate him to this. Look at how Jesus was calling his disciples. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, one of them, Nathaniel, one of the disciples, he says that when he heard, he says, and Nathaniel said unto him, oh, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Because he introduced, he said, we have found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, oh, Nazareth. You mean the prophet that we are waiting for, Jesus Christ, Nazareth. We cannot associate Jesus, the Son of God, who is coming to deliver us, the Son of God, who is going to minister to us powerfully to come from Nazareth. That is what Nathaniel said, my sister. That is what he said. Philip said unto him, you just come and see. Come and see. And then he came, and Jesus said, look, before Philip called you, even as you were sitting under the tree, I knew you. But somebody invited him. Amen. I said somebody invited him. Hallelujah. Somebody had to invite him. Somebody will always invite you. There's one more story that I want to share with you about some ordinary, not so ordinary call of God upon someone. So if you allow me, can I share that with you before we go home? John chapter 9. John chapter 9 and verse 1. The call of God, they come in a very, very ordinary way also. Not always will they come in a very spectacular way. Look at that. It says, and as Jesus passed by, 
he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Look, I want you to listen to this story very carefully. Because you see, there are certain setbacks in our lives. There are certain things that have been a lifelong problems in our life. And I am telling you, as a Christian, if God says he has chosen you, there is nothing that is about you that is that you know. But he can use even your setback as his call to the ministry. He can use even the thing that makes you miserable. The thing that makes everyone leave you. The thing that makes everyone disappoint you. The thing that makes you feel like you are not so important. God can use that very thing as his call upon your life. Hallelujah. He said there was a man who was born blind. And he says, as Jesus passed by, his disciples saw him. They saw this man who was born blind. And his disciples asked him, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? Hallelujah. He said, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. And that is how our nature is. You see, your husband left you and said, Oh, these people from this area, that's how they are. They can't stay in a marriage. You lost your job. As for him, there's a curse upon his life. Every time he finds a job, he loses it. Would you sit down, my brother, my sister, for a moment and say, Why is it that a Christian, a born-again Christian, I keep losing a job when I find it? Is it a call of God upon this setback? Is it a call of God? This marital issue that you are facing in your... Is it a call of God upon your life? So he says, and the disciples ask him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Who committed sin? Was it one of his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in whom? In him, in him, in him, in him, in him, the one that was born blind, that the works of God will be made manifest. What are the works of God? In First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, he says that this is an acceptable saying and worthy of all acceptation that the Son of Man came into the world to save sinners in whom I am chief. That is the works of God. That is the reason why the Son of Man was manifested. And so could it be that this man was born blind, that the works of God for which Christ came, it will be manifest in him? Is it the reason that it will be manifest in him? Hallelujah. The next verse. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. That means that the opportunity has presented. This man who has born blind all his years, this is the time. This is the time. The reason why he was born blind. The reason why you keep losing your job. The reason why this marriage has been difficult. The reason why God has not given you your papers yet. The reason why God has not given you this yet. This prayer that you have been praying. The reason why God has not given that thing to you. Here is the time. This is the reason why. He said, this is the reason. This is the time. This is the moment. This is the reason. He says, he says, it must, he says, I must work the works of him. The opportunity has come now. This man, how old is he? He has been blind all his years. This day is the reason why he was born blind. And he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. Why it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. 
And then next verse, he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, look at this. I said, the call of God, they are very ordinary. This is a man who was born blind and looking for miracles. He's looking for salvation. He's looking that somebody will come and open his eyes. He's looking for some prophet, a powerful prophet to come in town. Because he has been through darkness. No man can open his eyes. Because he was born blind. And he encountered Jesus Christ. And he said, when Jesus had thus spoken, look at what he did. You would expect Jesus to command. I see it in the sun. I see. <laughs> I see in the sun. Ah, your miracle is today. Jesus did not do that. He said that when Jesus saw him, he spat on the ground. <laughs> like that. He spat on the ground. Do you understand what it means, spat on the ground? <laughs> he says, Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay of the spittle. The spit that was on the ground, the spittle, he made clay out of it. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He anointed the eyes as ordinary as it was. As ordinary, he just spat on the ground, made a metal, a, a, a spittle out of the clay. He touched his eyes and said unto him, Go wash. Nothing spectacular. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Very, very ordinary. If you came to church today and you came to speak to me and you say, Reverend, I have this issue, I have that issue. And as I just listen to it, and I just take it and then I put it on your head. I say, I've anointed you. Ah. Ew. 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 What kind of pasta is this? Ah. Your pasta is very nasty. Ah. You run away from me. Amen. Some of you want a pasta is preaching and a little bit of something. It's not easy to be a pastor, so be careful. A little bit of something comes from his mouth, then ugh, ugh. receive your anointing. Yeah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He says he came back seeing. The next verse. The neighbors therefore, the neighbors therefore, and then let me tell you, I say, the call of God upon your life, it is not spectacular. This man has been called. Look at this. He says, the neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was born blind. That means the ones who have seen you every time losing your job, losing your job, losing your job. You cannot have this. You don't have that. You don't have this. They will see you. They will see you. They will see you. He said, the neighbors therefore, when they saw him, who had known from before that he was born blind, said, it's not this he that sat and begged. It's not this man who was sitting every time around the temple and begging. Some said, this is he. Others said, 
He's like him. But he said, I am he. Say, I am he. Say, I am he. Say, I am he. I am he. You will change. The people will not recognize you. You will sit in the car and they will wonder who is sitting in that car. Is that Tony that is sitting in that car? Is that, is that uh, uh, Constant that is sitting in that car? They will look at you and they say, who is he? It's not the one that is always standing at a bus stop. It's not the one that is always asking for a ride. Who is he? He says, I am he. You will say to them. Therefore say they unto him. Listen to this. Very carefully. He said, therefore said they unto him. How were thine eyes open? How were your eyes open? Let me tell you. There are some of you, I'm telling you, because of this church, many, many great things have happened to you. Because of this church, many, many wonderful things have happened to you. And you ought to open your mouth and say it. And stop associating it with other things. Oh, the way I was praying, as I fasted, and as I did this, and as I was doing this, the way my life has changed and has become. And look, they ask him, they say, because you see, it's so ordinary, and you will not associate it, you will not associate it with it. It is so ordinary as just preaching the word of God to you, to your understanding. And as understanding is coming into your life, light is coming into your life. And the darkness that is in you, it is going away. That problems that were lifelong, problems that you have been living with all your life, you see those problems coming to an end. And you need to attribute it to the very source where you were directed, where the solution came from. You need to open your eyes and see where the problem was solved, where it came from. Otherwise, something else will come upon you. Stop attributing your blessings to certain things and see there's a reason why you had that problem. And there's a reason why the night cometh and no one could do it. But the day came and you received that blessing. The day came and you received the answer. And there's a reason and a purpose for that. There's a reason and a purpose for that. You were born blind. There was no hope. And I tell you, I professor everyone who has a lifelong problem in this church, the Lord is bringing you solution. I said, the Lord is bringing you solution. Solutions are coming. I said, solutions are coming. Things that have troubled you all your life, answers are coming. A purpose for that reason is coming. There's a day that is coming where your solution will arrive to you. And sometimes it will come in a very, very simple way. Some people have received mighty blessings. I know. I know. Because we also know what we go on our knees to ask for the Lord for. Hallelujah. Amen. The next verse. He says. No, let's go back to the previous one. He says. The previous one. He says, some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes open? How? Show us how your eyes were open. This is his ministry. It has come. And he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus. 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 Ordinary as he is. A man from Nazareth. His name is Jesus. People do not value him. People do not see him as a great person. But a man that is
is called Jesus. He just spats. He says, he made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool. He explained exactly how he received the healing. He said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Just be patient with me. I just want to show you something in this scripture. Please. I know my time is up. But allow me. Today I will not do that again. Would you, would you pardon me? Hallelujah. There's a call of God upon your life. The man has begun his ministry. He said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He is now ready to point them out to God. Where is he? His ministry has begun. The reason why he was born blind, this is the reason. That the works of God will be made manifest in him. They ask him, Kwame, where is he? Where is this man that you are talking about? Where is that church? This church that has blessed you so much. Where is it? Where is it? And stop attributing to other things. Oh, this, there's this church, but there are other churches. There are other people can go here, and other people, we can also do this. Where the Lord has planted you, and you have received your blessing, that is where your call is. And that is where your blessing is. And I'm telling you that. That is where your blessing is. I believe this guy has experienced a, a lot of men of God. He has experienced a lot of prophets. You will not be born blind and you will sit home just not looking for solution to your blindness. But there is a day. He says, this is the day. He said, I know not. Then the next verse. He said, they brought, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. Let me tell you, there was no way, there was no way that this blind man would ever would have appeared before the Pharisees. Never would he come close to the Pharisees because his blindness was a sort of a curse. And the Pharisees were so clean, they were so pure, that such people cannot come in their midst. Now mind you, these were the Pharisees who could not stand Jesus. These were the Pharisees who would not stand the ministry of Jesus. They did not even give him the opportunity to minister to him. But they brought him before the Pharisees. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay. Do you think that was ordinary? It was to create a controversial issue. It was to create a sensation that it has to be done on a Sabbath day. So that questions will be asked. So that answers will come. It has to be that day. It has to be that moment. That when that person is there, that is when it has to happen. That is why as a Christian who God has called, every time the Christians are gathering, you have to be there. Because it has to be that day. It has to be a particular day. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. You see, that is, the, that is like the beginning of a paragraph. Do you understand? To introduce 
to you the reason why there are four things are coming. That he was healed on a Sabbath day. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed, and I do see. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, listen, others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? The Pharisees have not for a moment considered Jesus as someone who is mighty to do miracles. We have not heard them debating about Jesus' miracles. But because of this blind man's miracle, because of this man who has suffered all his life and has been healed, the works of God is being made manifest. I said the works of God, they are being made manifest. And the works of God, this is the purpose, this is the reason. He says, the Pharisees now, he says, some of them said, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others, others of the Pharisees said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division amongst them. There was a division. Now you have part of the Pharisees who have received the ministry of Christ to be a son of God who can perform miracles. Hallelujah. Now the division, there has been a division. There was not once that the Pharisees, they could debate and have a division that we are for Christ and we are not for Christ. But this man, because of this man, whose ministry now has begun, his ministry was to the Pharisees. God called him to be blind, to be healed, that he will appear before the Pharisees and minister to them that at least half of them are now agreeing that this is the son of God. That some of them are now agreeing that this is the son of God. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the scriptures this afternoon? So, they said unto him, they said unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he had opened your eyes? They asked him, so you, what do you say of this person? I said, the guy's ministry has begun. He is pointing them to God. He says, what do you call him? This guy who opened your eyes, what do you say of him? He said, he is a prophet. He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind. Do you see? They didn't believe that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of him that had received the sight. Now they're calling the parents. I want you to look at something here. You see, sometimes... God does something for you. And then you want someone else to come and explain what God did for you. God called you into the ministry, not your parents. God called you into your ministry, not your friend. Therefore, when your friend is not coming, you ought to come. Because there is a call upon your life, Gina. Not your parents, not your friends, not the ministry. There is a call upon your life. There is a call upon your life. There is a reason why you have that problem. And God is using that problem to make his works manifest. I said there is a call upon your life. And not a call upon your parents. Your parents are not the ones who are going to proclaim the word of God. Your parents are not the ones who has received the anointing. He touched the ground. Made clay and anointed him. Not his parents. Not his parents. 
Hallelujah. Would you allow me to just finish this scripture? Are you sure? You are not angry with me. I believe it will bless you. Doreen, do you understand the scriptures? Hallelujah. He said they called his parents. They, 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 they say that until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. The next scripture. And they asked him, they asked them, the parents, they asked them, saying, Is this your son who he said was born blind? Is this your son? Is this, that's why they asked the parents. Is this your son who he said he was born blind? That they can answer. He says, how? He says, is this your son who he said was born blind? How then doth he now see? You see, this is the ministry, how he saw. That is the ministry, that is his calling. So the first part of the question, listen to this, the next verse. His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son. They asked that question. He said, we know that this is our son. We know that this is our son. And that he was born blind. We know that one also. We know that this is our son. We also know that he was born blind. That we can answer. That is where we finish. But by what means he now seeth, there is a call of God upon his life. There is a ministry that God has given him. God has anointed him to proclaim his word concerning how he saw. So they say, but by what means he now seeth, we know not. And I believe that when he went home, he explained to his parents how he saw. And they could have told them that he told us that this is how he saw. But he says, but by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who had opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Therefore, ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. He is the one that the Lord touched. He is the one that the Lord anointed. He is the one that was blessed. He is the one that received the anointing. He is the one that has the ministry. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. You need to open your mouth and speak for yourself. Attribute to the blessing where the blessing is coming from. Because there is a call of God upon your life. There is a call. There's a reason why you encounter that. There's a reason why God met you at that time. Say, he shall speak for himself. The next verse. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Now, have you asked yourself, why was the blind man not afraid? If the parents who, are, who, who, who did not receive it feared the Jews, have you asked, why was he not afraid to come before the Pharisees to tell them that it was Christ that gave him his sight? Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God a praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing that I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Hallelujah. Now I see. Then said they, 
to him again. What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? And his ministry remains the same. He's not ready to change it. He's not ready to twist it. And say, you know, as I was going, I was speaking in tongues. And I was just praying. As I was praying, I felt somebody touching something and touching my eyes. But I felt that my prayers had reached the Lord already. I felt that, you know, he was hearing me already. He did not change his story. The story was the same. Because that was the ministry that God has given him. That was the ministry. The next verse. So he said, he answered them, I have told you already and you did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? This is the call. I said this is the call. He was born blind, but the reason was that to bring disciples unto Christ. The reason was that there will be many, many more disciples coming to God. He says, would you also want to be his disciples? Would you come to Jesus? Would you allow him to touch your eyes? Would you allow him to use you? Would you allow him to anoint you? He has power. There is so much power in him. Would you also come to him? Oh, I have found Christ. Would you also come? I have found the Messiah. Would you also come? I'm putting out invitation to you. This is Christ. He touched me and I'm healed. Would you also come to him? Would you also come to him? Then they revived him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not whence he is. The man started to preach. The man started to preach. He says, The man answered and said unto them, Why? Hearing is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is and yet he hath opened my eyes now we know that God heareth not sinners but if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth his will him the Lord heareth oh give the Lord a shout I say give the Lord a shout 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 the Lord will use your problem to preach the Lord will use your problem to minister the Lord will use your problem hey my sister my brother it is uh, for a small time he says it is for a short time that I have left you but the day is coming the day cometh I said the day cometh herein lieth a great thing you know not him but he has touched my eyes and I can now hear and I can see Hallelujah. Amen. Our time is up. Stand onto your feet. We will continue on the time that we meet. Stand onto your feet. There's a reason. I said there is a reason. There is a reason. There's a reason. 